0: Well good morning and we want to welcome you to worship this morning. Thanks for joining us. That psalm so captures uh, a call to worship that celebrates that our God is a God who restores his people. He brings joy after trials and so Let's go to worship. Let's go to a worship song. And as we do that, I invite you to come with a sense of expectation, a sense of hope and a sense of gratitude. So let's do this together.
1: Hello, everyone. It's great to be with you as we continue our relationship series. And today we're going to have a look at how to maintain a healthy marriage. And I want to assure you that I am no expert on this. I guess being married for nearly 50 years means that um, I've probably learnt a thing or two along the way. Um, oh, and by the way, I was 10 when I, when I got married. Uh, last week, Mick said that being old and grey meant that he could speak about influencing the generations. Well, I'm not going to claim that condition either. But that reminds me, for you girls out there, I have a great tip for you. As we know, we can't go to the hairdresser at the moment. Uh, So I went down to the chemist and I bought a a colouring kit for the hair. And guess who put it on for me? Yep, my husband, Glenn. So, girls, you go and get your colouring kits from the chemist and bring it home and get your husbands to be your um, colour putter honourer. Uh, look it's so much cheaper and it means you'll never have to go to the hairdresser again and all your husbands are just gonna love me okay so let's go to the real expert on marriage and of course that's God God created this special relationship of marriage he's the expert on intimate loving relationships as he shares the ultimate relationship of love and unity in father son and Holy Spirit and we need to go to God and what he says about relationships because otherwise we're just left at the mercy of what our culture says our marriages should be or we're just left to to work out from our own self-focused perspective what we think a marriage should be now if you're listening to this and you're not married I can understand that you may think this message isn't for you. But I encourage you to keep listening because the principles that Paul talks about in Ephesians actually apply to all relationships. And there's so much misinterpretation and misapplication of Paul's words on marriage that we actually need to take a broader view of what Paul's talking about. First of all, Paul begins his teaching on relationships with verse 17 and 18 of Ephesians 5. He says, understand what the Lord's will is, be filled with the Spirit. Now, if we belong to Jesus, we already have the entire Holy Spirit living within us. So what Paul's talking about here is allowing the Spirit to continuously lead us. Verse 17 and 18 actually tell us the first way to maintain a healthy marriage is to know and follow God's word and to allow his Holy Spirit to lead us. The second way is found in verse 21 where it says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now I know some of you may shudder when you hear that word submit thinking that it's meaning that you have to give up your rights or your free will. But that's definitely not what Paul is talking about here. Yes, we've given control of our lives to Jesus, but not to other people. What Paul's talking about is mutual submission, where all Christians are to submit to one another as they're led by the Spirit. In fact, after talking about the marriage relationship in Ephesians 5, if you go on and read, Paul talks about the relationship between children and parents and workers and bosses, talking about how we are all to be mutually submitting to each other. So what is this mutual submission? Well, it's actually affirmation that others are valued that everyone is worthy of being heard, that they're worthy of being loved and their needs responded to. And when Paul says do this out of reverence for Christ, well, that really is a game changer. We submit to each other because Christ submitted himself as the ultimate sacrifice when he died on the cross. By putting others first, we we're We're actually valuing them and loving them as we honour Christ. We show who Christ is and all that he's done for us. Okay, let's look at what being mutually submissive in our marriages looks like as Glenn and I read from verse 21 of Ephesians 5. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Saviour. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything.
0: Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by washing with the water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one, flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband.
1: It says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Now, ladies, if you hear this and you get a picture in your mind of a downtrodden woman slaving over a hot stove then you need to go back to verse 21 where Paul says submit to one another both husbands and wives are submit to each other where the husband and wife put each other first out of their love for Christ and their love for each other we know that in Christ we all have dignity equality and unity this is what Paul's talking about in Galatians when he says, There's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now God does equip male and females for various tasks, but all these tasks have one goal, and that's to honour God. It's not a struggle over who's in charge, because the reality is Jesus should be in charge of our marriage he's to be the head of every marriage just as he's the head of the church now as we talk about submission I want to share something with you that may surprise you I've had women come to me over the years and tell me that they've been told to stay with an abusive husband because God says that they're to be submissive to him I cannot tell you how wrong that is. Physical, mental, emotional or spiritual abuse of any kind, either to a husband or a wife, is not acceptable in any marriage. Jesus tells us in Matthew 7, So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. And in John 13, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. So please, if you're a husband or a wife out there and you are being abused in any way, please speak to your GP or a pastor or someone who can refer you for help. Abuse is not God's will for anyone. So... Paul's told us we need to start with knowing God and his will, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and being mutually submissive to each other. There's a whole lot we could talk about from this passage, but let's focus today on what God says about the husband as head of the wife and the ways husbands and wives can best maintain a healthy marriage. Just an aside, don't you find it interesting that it only takes three and a half verses to explain a wife's role, whereas it takes eight and a half verses to explain to men what their role is? Just saying. So, what does God mean when He says, For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, His body? Of which he is the saviour actually Paul explains this in verses 25 and 26 when he says husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy cleansing her by the washing with water through the word just as Christ's leadership and headship doesn't mean domination or I'm the boss Neither does it mean those things for a husband. The headship of Christ is all about self-sacrifice, about being our provider and meeting our needs. And this is what it means for a husband to be the head of a wife. It means putting his wife's needs before his own. Wives are not meant to be silent partners carrying out our husband's orders. We're to be active participants in the challenging decisions and tasks of our family and our homes. If a wife's better at managing finances, then after discussion and mutual agreement, the wife exercises her gifting in that area. If a husband's a better housekeeper, then after discussion and mutual agreement, then the husband does all the housework what a bonus (laughs) okay so let's move on to what God says wives need to do to maintain a healthy marriage the second part of verse 33 says to wives specifically that we must respect our husbands this girls is the greatest need that our husbands have no one else's respect means more to your husband than yours does He needs you to be his number one supporter. We need to appreciate our husbands for who they are and not who we think they should be. So can I encourage you to intentionally and regularly look for things that you like and appreciate about your husband and then tell him. Maybe it's a physical attribute or you like his smile or you like the way he listens to you or the way he spends time with the kids or he does things around the house. Whatever it is, make sure that you are intentionally looking for those things and telling your husband about them. Another thing I encourage us wives to do is to understand how important it is to be a willing partner in regular physical intimacy with your husband. Again, this is about mutual submission, where we value and love each other and respond to each other's needs. God created man to have a natural physiological need for regular physical intimacy. And I know as wives, you know, we can sometimes misinterpret and underestimate that need. When actually it's part of God's plan in our marriage relationship. Okay guys, what does God say about what you need to do to maintain a healthy marriage? Well three times in this passage Paul reminds husbands that they are to love their wives. Husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself. Paul compares a husband's love to Jesus' love for us and his willingness to die for us. Just as Jesus' love makes it possible for us to become all that he wants us to be, this is the love that a husband's to have for his wife, making it possible for her to flourish and to be all that God wants her to be. Husbands are to protect and care for their wives just as they do their own bodies. Wives should have a sense of security because of a husband's love relationship with them. In verse 31, you'll notice that's a quote from Genesis 2 where it says, Husband and wife will become one flesh. This means that the husband is to love his wife because she's the one who's actually become part of himself. Just as the God knew that the greatest need for a husband is to be respected by his wife, he also tells us a wife's greatest need is to feel loved by her husband. Now, I'd love to say this is all really easy stuff. But the reality is it isn't always easy to maintain a healthy marriage. It's a bit like um, juggling or doing cartwheels or eating with chopsticks. It looks easy until you try it. Glenn and I would be the first to say that we've both made many mistakes over the years. The time I left the church for three years and went my own selfish way was an incredibly testing time for our marriage. there have been times that I wondered if we'd even make it at all. In the years before we became Christians, our marriage wasn't based on Jesus, but it was based on what our culture said uh, would give us happiness and pleasure. And what a disaster that was. So often, Glenn thanks God as we pray together, for what we could have been, but instead who we are because of Jesus. God gives each of us free will and it's no different in our marriages. Maintaining a healthy marriage is a daily choice that we each need to make. A choice to follow Jesus and what he says in his word and allowing his spirit to lead us. Because if we're honest, it's easier and comes more naturally to be selfish and to focus on ourselves and what we want. As we finish up this message, I want to give you some really practical examples of things that have worked for us and for others who've maintained a healthy marriage under God's teaching and leading. Firstly, work at understanding each other. And this is really all about communication. So many times over the years as a pastor and Christian counsellor, I've seen poor communication as such a barrier to a healthy marriage. Share with each other how you feel and what you need from each other. If you don't know each other's top two love languages, please find out. Love languages are... um, is what tells your husband or your wife uh, how they feel most loved. And you can get the books online or you can find out information online about love languages as well. But I tell you, one of the saddest things is when a husband or wife is trying so hard to express their love, but they're expressing it with the way they feel most loved and not the way their husband or wife feels most loved. Let me give you an example. Let's say a husband feels most loved when his wife does things for him. But his wife feels most loved when her husband spends quality time with him. So this husband bursts his boiler doing things for his wife, thinking that's how she'll know that he loves her. And his wife's not feeling loved at all because her husband's off doing things all the time instead of spending time with her can you see how that doesn't work so please find out your top two love languages and share them with each other and put them into practice let's also be accountable to each other this means intentionally sharing with each other the areas of your life that you struggle with And we do this so that we can encourage each other and strengthen each other and pray for each other. Let's also listen, listen and listen again. We know you guys like to fix things, but when us wives are sharing with you, we're not asking you to fix it. We're just asking you to listen to us. And girls, whatever your husband's interested in, Find out about it so that you can talk with him about it and ask questions and show your interest in his life. You'd be amazed how much I know about golf and golf courses. There are so many other things we can do for each other to maintain a healthy marriage. Things like putting each other before anyone else, even our children. Praying together, having fun together showing each other affection, doing things for each other, spending time together, just the two of you. Now look, I know that's often difficult, but when our kids were young, every Friday night, Glenn and I would sit together in another room with special uh, nibbles and drinks and just spend time together. And we didn't have anyone to babysit, so we'd set the kids up in another room Uh, with some treats and a movie, and they knew not to interrupt us unless the house was burning down. Not only did this show to each other that we valued each other and wanted to spend time together, but it was a great example for our kids to see what a healthy marriage is like and that mum and dad prioritise spending time together. Another great thing is to find a mature Christian couple who have a healthy marriage and ask them if they'd be willing to be your go-to couple for your marriage. And I would encourage you all to join up for our online marriage course, which starts on the 6th of October and runs for seven weeks on a Wednesday night. You can do this course in the comfort of your own home, And the couples I've spoken to who did the course last year have glowing reports about how beneficial this course was for their marriage. So keep a look out for the details which will be coming up in the next weeks. Well, I could go on and on, but I want to encourage you to just take one step at a time in building and maintaining a healthy marriage. The first and most important step is to keep a close relationship with Jesus. He's the only one who can help us and lead us and give us the wisdom and the strength and the love that we need to commit to our marriages. The second thing is to commit to mutual submission. Wives, ask God to help you to be your husband's number one fan. And husbands, ask God to help you to show your sacrificial love to your wife. After that, I want you to choose together which of the other practical things that I've talked about today that you will both focus on to continue growing your marriage into that beautiful and special relationship that God intends it to be. you'd like a list of the practical things that I've talked about please email me via the church office and I'd be very happy to email them to you you know what more than ever we live in a world that needs to see by our example what a healthy marriage looks like as we follow God's plan for our marriages people around us are going to see in our marriages a reflection of Jesus love and grace And joy please pray with me father God please help us to commit to you so that we can commit to each other with your love and leading may your Holy Spirit show us how you want us to apply what we've heard today so that our marriages will reflect you and your love and your grace Jesus we ask this in your name and for your glory Amen.
0: Well, we want to thank you for joining with us today. It's been great to worship together. And a special thanks to Glenda for for that word today. Uh, Just a reminder that next week is Father's Day and we look forward to a special service together then. Have a great week.